1: And if you know Ergo, we love Independent and we love shit not being locked down. So
0: So go ahead and get Overcast for free
1: on the App Store. Hey, we are back with this special edition Chicago Torture Justice Anniversary Suite. We have another very special episode up for you where you will be able to listen to the maker sessions with the chicago torture justice memorial some really dynamic people in there including anthony holmes lisa lee alice kim and so many others who have been working on this torture memorial project that is not only important for the city of chicago but for our entire world and understanding what liberatory justice and repair and politicized healing can look like so with no further ado Enjoy this Maker Session. Welcome, friends. Good evening. My name is Lisa Lee. I want to begin first with a land recognition. And I live in Chicago, a city whose name is derived from the Algonquian name, which means river with shores lined with wild leeks. Chicago is home to many indigenous nations, including the Three Fires Confederacy, the Ojibwe, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi people. Following the settler violence culminating in the Black Hawk War of 1832 and the 1833 Treaty of Chicago, many indigenous people were forcibly removed from these territories or killed. Over a century later, under a different set of government policies called the Indian Relocation Act of 1956, many indigenous nations found themselves once again coerced to move, but this time back to the urban centers where their ancestors were originally dispossessed. Chicago has the largest urban native population in the United States with more than 65,000 Native Americans in the greater metropolitan area. As a cultural activist, I strive to remember and understand this violent history and honor this place we inhabit and to recognize the indigenous people who have stored the land that we occupy in Illinois. Yvonne, take it. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Lisa. And you know, the land acknowledgement is just another reminder that across the United States, people have been revaluating what this country stands for. And part of that is the demand to dismantle symbols and monuments that perpetuate legacies of white supremacy and colonialism. So this evening, we're asking you to support the creation of a very different kind of memorial. Chicago Torture Justice Memorials has been active since 2011, working for justice with survivors of police torture, their families and the community to demand accountability for police torture by the Chicago Police Department. CTJM was built on decades of organizing by survivors and family members, and was instrumental in bringing together a grassroots coalition that pushed the city to pass historic reparations legislation on May 6, 2015 the first time in the history of the United States that a major municipality has provided reparations for racially motivated state violence. The reparations legislation is a comprehensive form of repair used financial compensation, education, and memorialization to challenge racial injustice and to support survivors of police violence. However, the last piece of the reparations legislation, the memorial remains unfulfilled. And
1: thank you again, everyone, for being here tonight. You could have been anywhere in the virtual world, but you're here with us tonight and we appreciate you. Today, we are launching a funding campaign on the sixth anniversary of the passing of the reparations ordinance. Our call to action is for you to help make this memorial reality. Our collective goal for this grassroots funding campaign is to raise 100K. To get there, we invite you to take a pledge to raise $1,000 over this next year. I know it sounds like a lot, but you can do it. Join our collective and make a commitment to help realize this beautiful permanent public memorial in a grassroots effort that we can all be proud of. To say thank you for taking the pledge and joining us to realize a radically visionary memorial, we are offering you a limited edition social justice justice pollinator print. But wait, there's more. When you sign up tonight, we'll also send you a pollinator pack with a print, a t-shirt, and a zine to help you share the story of the memorial and invite others to donate.
2: To take that pledge and to become a social justice pollinator, so the things you need to do, the first step is to go to CTJM's website, that's chicagotorture.org, And there, you can click on Support the Memorial. It's a tab on the upper right corner. That's going to take you to our donation page that has a link, and that explains what you need to do to take the pledge and get your print, that t-shirt, and the zine. And we really hope you'll be inspired to pledge to raise $1,000, and we also promise to support you in the journey to help us raise those funds to make this memorial a reality. We know that together we can make a difference and build a transformative beacon for justice that's gonna shine brightly in a world marked by ever-present military and police violence, mass incarceration, and manufactured racial inequity. But tonight's event focuses not only on what we can do together, but also on how much we've already accomplished. And to talk about that, we have with us Alice Kim, co-founder of CTJM, Dorothy Burge, a CTJM artist who's been stitching justice together for decades, And Anthony Holmes, who, along with other survivors, has been at the center of CTGEM from the start.
1: Um, And so today's event is going to be a panel conversation first for just like the next 20 minutes. And then you're going to break out into one of five beautiful breakout rooms. But now we're going to go to our amazing panel of activists and organizers and just brilliantly luminescent people who you're going to hear from tonight.
2: But Alice, let's turn to you first. It is extraordinary that this movement had an art exhibition as one of the catalysts for historic reparations. And I would love for you to share with us how that idea came about, and also if there's any hesitancy in turning to art.
3: Thanks so much for that question, Yvonne. Thanks, Lisa, for co-moderating this. And I also just want to put a shout out to Gina, Michelle, and also Vidran for doing all the behind the scenes work um, around this. So um, amazing. I know that how kind of, all that it takes to organize um, a Zoom event. Um, And also great to see everybody here on the Zoom. It's great to see some faces that we know uh, and recognize who have been along with us for the long haul and also to see um, some some new faces as well. Um, So I'm really uh, glad that you asked that question and that this panel is um, focused on the memorial, um, and that we're going back and taking a look back at how it, how this kind of phase of the struggle got started, because it's not something that we often talk about. How art making, you know, turned into a movement for for reparations and. Um, I'll say that it was inspired by another public art project, right? All good things come from other things. And um, it was inspired by another public art project called Three Acres on the Lake um, that was organized by um, Lori Palmer, who is an artist we all um, admire and love. Um, She's now in California, Um, but she had done this um, art project Um, at the time, and it was calling for speculative proposals, right? It was speculative proposals for how to use... um, uh, acres, three acres of undeveloped land um, to honor Jean Baptiste DuSable, who is really, you know, the, the founder um, of Chicago. At the time, I think the city had similarly promised to dedicate and commemorate DuSable um, and didn't make good <laughs> on its promise then. So I guess in some ways, history is repeating itself um, you know, so Lori Palmer had this idea of using art and putting out this call, inviting anyone and everyone um, to submit their speculative proposal proposals for how these three acres could be used, how um people wanted to commemorate um Du Sable. Um and uh it was around that time that we also had the remarkable um, conviction, um, prosecution and conviction of John Burge. So Joey Mogul, who a is co-founder um, of Chicago Torture Justice Memorials, um, this art exhibition was actually her brainchild, right? So she had seen this um, Lori Palmer's exhibition and started thinking, you know, we desperately needed a new way into um, this struggle. Um, many of us have been fighting for decades, right? calling for the prosecution of John Burge. Our slogan back in the day was jail John Burge, right? And here we were in this moment, where finally after decades of struggle that John Burge um, had been prosecuted, and convicted, um, sentenced to four and a half years. Um, This was remarkable, but we were also left with this glaring reality that survivors like Anthony Holmes, um, like Greg Banks, were still left with the trauma of torture. Uh, People were were still struggling to make ends meet. So we really needed a new way to to enter um, into this struggle, to build momentum around this struggle and you know, Joey, I think it was in the living room at some party, proposed to Lori and um, Amy Partridge and some others. What about doing something like this um, around a memorial for Burge torture um, survivors? And so that's how this idea was hatched. And then they brought together a, a small crew of us and we um, kind of made our way like artists, lawyers activists, organizers in really living rooms across the city of Chicago. That's where it started. We were hatching this plan um, to do this this speculative memorial process. And um, I I don't know, in in terms of the second part of your question, I don't know that there was resistance among us. I think that we were all excited about the idea um, of figuring out different ways to um, think about what justice um, could look like But I could say that there was a lot, a a lack of familiarity, right? For artists working now with organizers or community activists, you know, for survivors entering into this new um, terrain, you know, I I joke where um, you know Lori and Mary Patton would maybe look to each other and be like, "We need to organize a charrette," and Joey and I would look to each other and say, "What's a charrette?" Right? So there was a lot of learning that we needed um, to do um, together but I think it created the beginnings, right, of something really quite um, remarkable. If there's time, a little, I wanna give, you know, uh, Dorothy and Anthony a chance to also weigh in here, but if there's time, I'll share um, just a few slides of what this first exhibition and what this open call for speculative memorials um, could look like with folks, because I think it's really, um, really exciting to see how we went from this art exhibition. Um, it was also where, um, the original draft of the reparations ordinance was introduced to the public, how we went from that to actually organizing, you know, a full-fledged campaign for reparations.
1: Thank you so much, Alice. Um, we're going to turn now to uh, Mama Dorothy, Dorothy Burge, an extraordinary artist who's been stitching together justice for the last, you know, many, many years. Um, uh, Dorothy, I want to ask you, it's been six years now since reparations passed, but since then, um, the call for justice um, for people who have been murdered by police has increased, and cities across the world have erupted in protest and also with public art, murals, and other installations. (coughs) What have you learned, and what are some reflections you can share about the role of artistic expression as an act of resistance? against police violence and other forms of oppression? Thank you so much for that question. Uh, Speaking as an African-American
4: woman and mother, I know that art has been used in the African-American community since we were brought here as enslaved people. So uh, as far back as when we were enslaved, there were Underground Railroad quilts that led people to freedom there were gospel songs that had hidden meanings in them so that you would hear the song and you would know what was about to happen. Uh, We used songs in the civil rights movement. Uh, We we talked about different things that were really, really important to us uh, in the civil rights movement in terms of protest songs. I, I still remember growing up and as we protested hearing my mother and father and other relatives singing We Shall Overcome. My relatives are from Mississippi. And so this was just a song that you had to know if you were in my family. And then these songs took on a different uh, atmosphere with people like Sam Cooke uh, coming out with a song, like a change is gonna come. And what that meant to African-American communities. People like Nina Simone, Mississippi Goddamn, you know, an incredible, incredible, powerful song. Uh, As a kid coming up, James Brown, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. You know, that was something that we saw as a way to move forward and promoting who we were in a positive light. Uh, Billie Holiday, especially with the new movie coming out, that came out, which really highlighted how the song Strange Fruit uh, caused so much uh, pushback from people who were actually doing the systemic oppression of people of color. So uh, now in recent days with the death of George Floyd, we are seeing artists really rising. There have been a number of songs that have come out about George Floyd. There have been a number of murals, an incredible mural in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, there are people who are doing portraits, not of just George Floyd, but people like Brianna Taylor and Armad Aubrey. Uh, and there, there was one, uh, one that really like touched me where the artists did portraits of folks and then surrounded them by reefs. And, and the reefs were just so, so incredible. Um, I'm even thinking of other ways that people have used art. For example, uh, airplanes in Dallas flew over Dallas with banners that said, my neck hurts, or I can't breathe, or they're going to kill me. And these were the the last words that George Floyd uh, uttered. And so um, Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, DC, the fact that they renamed the plaza and that they did a street mural so that anyone from a higher level than street level could actually see that Black Lives Matter in Washington DC. And I thought that was really, really powerful just as I think that it is as powerful as the art that's happening here in Chicago where they did several Black Lives Matter murals, uh, one in Uptown, one in South Shore, incredible work, got people involved from the community to come out and participate. And I really think that when art moves people to activism, you know that it's doing the job that it's
2: supposed to do. Thank you so much, Dorothy. It's uh, always amazing to 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 hear you, um, to learn from you and for, to to participate in you with you and making that art, and you know bringing struggle and joy together to try and move forward and making change. Um, and Anthony, I want to turn to you. You've been The Rock, um, you know, you and other survivors have been The Rocks for this movement for a long time. And as you know, there's this nationwide conversation happening now about monuments, about memorials, and we're in the midst of a historical reckoning, including here in Chicago. So I wanted you to have the opportunity to to speak on, for you, what makes this memorial important and special?
0: When I got caught up with birds. And others like me, because we was black, you know. And Dale had sent up message out saying he wanted all, you know, all the gang bangers and whatever off the street, you know. Which we was, I was out there doing it. You know, I wanted a good guy, I wanted a bad guy. But the thing was, Burge come with a different tactic, technicality on us. And what he did was, he just snatched us off the street. You know, whether we did the case or not, it didn't matter. And what really hurted all of us was, didn't nobody believe us. And we was trying to tell them all the time, you know, did know this ain't my crime, but they didn't care. Went to the courts, you know, I'm saying that we got convicted. You know, as I can only speak for myself, but uh, the good thing about what happened with me was I told my told uh two lawyers that I had at the time on some other cases, and uh, they, you know, they helped me through the case, you know, and everything. But the sad part was by not believing they were so condign on Burge and what he was doing. And so they get, they convicted us all from, from the lower courts to the upper courts. And finally I ended up going to penitentiary for 31 years. But the sad part about all that is, is that, you know, I, was, you know I, I couldn't believe what was really happening because of the fact that there was so much going on. And I thought I was the only one like that, but it's come to find out it was more of us. You know, it was a whole lot of us at the time. And a lot of my friends too, you know, they got caught up. But my issue is, is that if people had took time to understand, instead of you know, believe so hardly in the police at the time, we we wouldn't have never been in that position. But you know, back then, you know, they blacks didn't have a chance, no way. So yeah. we went on, you know, we went to the penitentiary. But now that I done came home, we've been trying to, you know, the memorial the and all this, you know, to come about. And to join them and everybody else that supported us, we was finally able to bring it to the light about what was happening with us, and to finally, and John Carver did a whole lot too in it, and he broke, you know, he tried to bring it to the to the news, and they, you know, shut him down. But anyway, the bottom line is, I'm here, and I'm explaining it what happened to us. I'm gonna keep on explaining what happened to us, and I'm not gonna bag up from it. You know, this is what happened, and. People's understanding, or you know, they start realizing that we wasn't lying. We was telling the truth, because a lot of incidents came out, like the, uh, like uh, the Wilson brothers. You know, they laid there, and that's what broke the case. You know, the doctor in the, in the hospital, uh, you know, he refused to accept them. You know, and Son uh, Mac, he refused to accept them because they were so uh, brutalized. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when everything. That was the that was the domino effect. And they start going all through and they start realizing that not only was we telling the truth, but this is what really happened. So the moral with with us is, is that it's, it's it represents us. It represents all the ones that were suffered, all the ones, you know, they, and even the ones that's in the past are the ones that might have got killed by various we don't know. But the bottom line is that we, in turn, we here to let y'all know what happened to us we we'll gonna keep on letting y'all know. And that's what the Lamar is all about. And that's why we so strongly have a know and behind it, because of the fact that, you know, if there ain't no amount of money can bring back, you know, the time we did or, you know, the families and members that we done lost. But it'll show that not only in, in our history, but it'll show all through history from now on that this is what took place with us. And it's going to keep on showing because each one of us, you know, we feel it. We we got to live through it. We go through the same changes each and every day, but we never get rid of the pain that's in us. But we learn how to deal with it and then understand it because there's so much other pain going on around, around us. And when you see people getting killed, you know, and the police started walking away from it because they don't care. They you know, use kill shots instead of shooting a person in the leg or wounding them and stuff. They don't do that. They shoot for kill. And that's what's going on. But the bottom line is what people got to understand is this here. The Lamora that we're trying to get built is about what's happening to blacks, brown skin, everybody, you know, what I'm saying. So they'll see what's going on instead of having these statues of about uh, uh, racial uh People that they slaves and all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they that's that's true too. But they didn't want to, they don't want us to see that. But now it's coming out. So ours is like, you know, it's showing that all through history how blacks been misused and brown people been misused, and even the Asian people that's coming over, they've been misused. So the thing too is that. Racism don't just stop with us. It keeps, it grows, keep, it grows grow from us and it's going to them and now everybody's feeling it. And a lot of people began to get tired of it and they, they switch sides to protesters. But the memorial itself represent the wrongdoings that the Chicago police did to the, to all of us. And the only way we can keep it going is by putting that memorial up and make sure it stay up and permanent for people to know and understand and come to see. Thank
2: you.
1: Thank you so much, Anthony, for your fierce activism and your continuing commitment to fight for justice and for also just always speaking truth to power And just reminding us how this memorial is so different than other memorials who are just dedicated to like a single white dude on a horse. But it's not just only dedicated to you all, but also the continuing movement and the fight and the struggle against state violence and against police violence and a place to gather and for all of us to build a better collective future. So we adore you, are so inspired by you. Thank you for all of your work. Um, Mm -hmm. all right, so one last question, but I want to remind you all out there in the virtual Zoom world that there's going to be these fascinating breakouts that, um, start in around three minutes and, um, you should be going up to the top and clicking on the little three dots and renaming yourself. One, if you want to join the writing workshop with Bill Ayers and Alice Kim, two, if you want to make a quilt patch to send to an incarcerated survivor with the amazing Dorothy Burge, Three, if you want to make a protest poster with one of my favorite artists in the world and activist, Aaron Hughes, or four, if you want to learn about teaching the reparations curriculum, which is so historic and incredible with Jen Johnson and Dave Steiber. So please make sure to rename yourself. And the last question that I have to all three of you, which is, in a world with so much destruction and unmaking... We definitely value you, the makers and the creators, and we just want to know who are the makers and creators you are looking to now in these times when you need inspiration.
0: Well, me, I look around and I see people like me, you know, like Joey, Flint, everybody that's on that's a part of the children survivors, you know what I'm saying, all of us, I and mean, we look for each other. But our support comes from y'all, you know, that the people that's around, people that's can help us, the people that, you know, reach out to us and, and willing to help and, and explain what's the situation we're having. So I think, you know, in the past, you know, so much so has been happening, you know, it's, it's hard. And it hurts because of the fact that ain't really nothing we can do about it except do the things we're doing now. And so I say, everybody that's, that's you know that's trying to do something for the for the blacks, the browns, you know, all nationalities, and I think that's what that's what help us, you know. So you know, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be here. And and that's what it. And that's what I see. So you know, with everybody that's that's you know here today, speaking and and everything that needs to be did, continue to do so, continue to keep on, you know, keep keep the faith with us, and we keep the faith with you. And just do the things we need. Did help push it? You know what I'm saying? And that's and I'm, I'm got to all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? I can't. It ain't no particular one. You know what I'm saying? There's so much. You know I could speak of a Smoker Robinson. I could speak of Marvin Gaye. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? It's it's so many. It's so many. It's so much. You know. It's so many. It's so much. That, that go through us, that we got, you know, that we thrive off of and keep us going. Martin Luther King, you know, everybody that's been tortured, everybody that's been, you know, everybody and lost people, family, you know what I'm saying, friends through this, you know, this racism stuff, you know, and it's like never gonna fade and it's they started putting their foot in the us you know what I'm saying, but each time we're still here. And that's the key. We're gonna keep on being here because we know we come from a, a race of people that's been pushed back and stepped on. You know, been through so much through the years, you know, and it's con- it's continued on. They refuse to give in to us. And so I say that them are the ones, the ones that suffered, the ones that passed, and the one that leave legacies is like what we're leaving. And that's what the memorial means to us. And that's what it's all about. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Anthony. All right. Let's just, we only have like 30 seconds, but quick, Alice Kim, who are you listening to? What are you reading? Tell us. Well, right now I'm reading and listening to um, the
3: students in the think tank at uh, Stateville Prison. So uh, they're part of the Prison Neighborhood Mm -hmm. Arts and Education Project, and um, they're participating in something called um, One Sentence a Day, right, where they're essentially writing one sentence about their day each and every day, and these lines read like poetry, right? So I'm so inspired um, by them, you know, from people like Devon Terrell um, and uh, Raul Dorado and Joe Dole. So right now, they are my inspiration.
1: Mm, Awesome. Dorothy, what about you? Well, I'm inspired by
3: my ancestors, and I
4: come from a long line of people who were quilters and uh, still have some of those quilts. And I'm also really, really inspired by the young people who are continuing the fight. The Let Us Breathe Collective, We Charge Genocide, BYP 100, Black Lives Matter, Asada's Daughters. All of these organizations are very, very powerful and very, very inspirational.
1: Thank you, Dorothy. The one last thing that we really want to do, besides thanking you all for being here tonight and for the, all the work that you do to create justice in the world, we really want to invite you to join us in this grassroots effort to help build the memorial. We're really excited to announce that just this last week, we got a $500,000 grant and award to help build the memorial. Woo! And I know it's so good and we love it and we're so excited for it, but we really also want this to be a grassroots effort to decolonize development and funding and to make sure that this memorial, you know, the way that we really build this memorial is also with you all and your help become a pollinator. For the CTJM, Chicago Torture Justice Memorials, and um, Yvonne's going to tell you a little bit more about how to do it. Drop, Yvonne, can you drop in the chat the link again?
2: Yep. So I put in the chat, and just a reminder also to invite others to to come to spread the word. I mean, we it took a grassroots effort to get the reparations ordinance passed. We saw people out on the streets, in the rallies, on the takeovers of trains, and joining us in making art in many different spaces. And so right now is the moment where you can also help us to realize the memorial by raising some grassroots funds to make it happen. And as a reminder, we will have a pollinator pack, um, a print, a zine, a t-shirt to help you to be able to, to say thanks for helping to pledge to raise $1,000. And as well, we'll keep connected to you to help you get materials um, in order to help you raise some of those funds as well. And so we just want to really thank you for being here and to, again, invite everybody to help, help us spread the word about this and to um, just stay with us and stay connected to us. There's some other events still for this month of commemorations for the anniversary of reparations. And so please continue to check those out and just stay with us and, you know, a big thanks as well to, to Gina and Vedran and Michelle for making this happen. Um, and you know, I can't wait till we're all back in person in some moment, making art together, learning together, and you know, sharing this incredible journey. Someday when the memorial is also reality, soon to happen because of all your hard work as well, we can all gather there and um, celebrate hopefully the seventh anniversary um, there in person. So just thank you all Amen. so much. Appreciate you all.
1: Yeah, Ashay, love you you. all. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Yeah. Off of Zoom, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.